Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. It is our first five-man panel in a little while. Let's start in the top left corner with Dislife Mark. First time back on the show in a while. Mark, welcome back to the show. Gentlemen, it is great to be back. I just want to let you all know that I am one song officially away from collecting all of the Power Stones on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Only Gloria Estefan stands in my way when it comes to immortality. Gloria Estefan's uh, conga is the only repeat I've had. I've had six rides. I was five for five. And then on my sixth attempt going for September, I didn't get it. So I still have September. I'm with you. One more Infinity Gauntlet left. Uh, up in the top right corner, also from Babu's freaking podcast, Mr. Mike Ruby. Mike, thanks for dressing the part for Earth's Mightiest Weirdos tonight. Yeah, I got I to gotta, I gotta represent Cap. Uh, all the caps now that we've we've had the announcement of another cap movie um and i'm stoked to be here and uh dig into what was a mind-blowing weekend with all the marvel news we got it was a little more mind-blowing than i expected it to be to be 100 percent honest alex how about you alex from comics and cinema podcast you are becoming a friendly face here on the show alex welcome to the show thank you yeah glad to be here i've got my many multiverses of spider-man shirt on as well so i'm, I'm repping the multiverse as well Yes, uh, I was praying that it would be as good, if not better, than 2019 since we'd waited so long, and they absolutely delivered. It was at least on the level of 2019, which I didn't think they'd ever be able to do again, which is which is pretty crazy. And down in the bottom right-hand corner, representing Phase 4 itself, Thor, Love, and Thunder poster behind him. Anthony, you've got that Abraham Lincoln beard growing in nicely. I'm trying. I'm trying to let it go. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad it, it comes across on camera. <laughs> that it does welcome back to the show we are gonna get right into it he is ready to go we got the world according to jack hello jackson Hi, Dad. how's it going good all right well you know a little bit about what happened at comic-con this weekend but we're primarily going to talk about what is left in this calendar year so first we watch today the trailer for she-hulk attorney at law are you excited for the She-Hulk show? Okay. Talking to the mic. Yeah. You're excited for it. What do you think looks fun about that? Uh, you just think she looks fun? Who was at the yeah, end of the trailer that you're excited about? Um, Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, right? Yeah. All right. And then we watched the trailer for Black Panther 2, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's the sequel to your favorite Marvel film of all yeah. time. Why don't you tell me what you're... You were a little bit bummed when you watched the trailer. How come? Because I really like T'Challa. Mm -hmm. And I'm sad that uh, that they're playing... That they're doing... That because, that uh, they're doing a different person as T'Challa. Yeah, well, they're not, not doing a different... Right. They're not doing a T'Challa. Right. They're not doing another T'Challa. So they're going to be able to pay respects to Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa, right, in that film by casting a new Black Panther instead. Who do you think is going to be the new Black Panther? Any guesses? Um, no, not yet. Okay. And what about Namor? Does he look pretty intense, right? Yeah. All right. You excited for that movie? Yeah. All right. Anything else? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You excited for that? Yeah. Yeah. And Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. We're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. But my last question for you, Jax, is are you excited for the future of the MCU? Yes. Or are you done watching Marvel for a while? I'm not done. You're not done. All right. Good answer. <laughs> All right. Thanks, bud. All right. That is the world. According to Jax, he uh, he was super like he didn't process the fact that T'Challa just was not going to be in this film. 
Um, and then it really hit him hard when he watched that trailer today. And that, that was tough to watch. And we're going to talk a lot about that um, here in just a little bit. Um, well, we had talked about Mike, Mark, and I after a discussion that we had on Babu's freaking podcast just after we got done recording talking Star Wars. We were talking all about Phase 4 of the MCU around Thor Love and Thunder. And I kind of put a pin in that conversation and said, gentlemen, I want to hash this out on air. So thank you both for being a part of the show. And we are more than happy to have Anthony and Alex to be a part of that discussion. But let's pick up right where that discussion was. Mark, we're going to start with you. Yeah. What is your current feelings on the state of phase four of the MCU? Try to tell us kind of how you were feeling before yeah. we knew what happened this weekend. So, and I, I want to clarify a lot of this too. So much of this is pre- what we saw this weekend with San Diego Comic-Con. My, my point was, was this. I think, and, and, and I want to be really clear with this. As individual films, I've been on this show personally, I don't know how many times, at least a half dozen, if not more, to discuss the shows and films and where everything kind of fits. You were a founding member of Earth's Mighty's Weirdos, man. Yeah, You've been on those 30 episodes. I love, Yeah, and I love, I love Marvel. And I, I have, for the, for the most part, I have really enjoyed Phase 4. And... I said very clearly, and it was somewhat of a hot take, I wish that Phase 4 had had a lot more direction. I understand, and everyone's going to come for me in a minute, I want to clarify and just kind of lay this all out. I understand that we're getting a, a reboot. That Phase 4, uh, we have to reset. We've lost some heroes. A lot of the talent has moved on. We need to inject some new heroes. I like all that. I really like the fact that we are getting a diverse cast. I like the fact that we're getting so much representation. I've said that I don't know how many times. Individually, I like so many of the stories where I think that phase four, four has fallen flat as the interconnectedness of the narrative that I understand yet again, these are all, uh, they're, they're all origin stories and we're, we're introducing a bunch of new heroes. But even in phase one, when we were introducing new heroes, they would use those post-credit scenes to weave them all together. We knew that we were getting an Avengers initiative. We knew that we were getting and gearing up for a bigger movie. And my point was to you gentlemen, that I think that Kevin Feige has slipped somewhat in his connectedness with the storytelling. And he's been a little bit more suggestive than I would have liked. And I wish that he would have hit us over the head with a sledgehammer to say, this is where we are going. You're more than welcome to have at me. I know that now with San Diego in our rear view, we can see those signs. But I said this, and I just want to put this out there. Everyone's more than welcome to yell at me. I don't think something like that should have happened on a Comic-Con stage. I think it should have happened on screen, and it should have happened on, on camera. We shouldn't have learned that uh, Kang and Secret Wars was the end result on a stage. I think that stuff should have happened in a post-credit scene. And to that end, that was my biggest criticism and my biggest gripe of where we are after phase four. I know that people who read have seen those signs way more clearly than I do, but I very much represent that casual fan. Your average Joe who follows the MCU read a few of these books, but was not heavy into Marvel books growing up, like across the spectrum. I was into specific heroes so I very much represent that average fan who wanted to get those signs, much like the bat signal in the sky. I needed something a little bit more uh, huge, and I, I didn't need them to be suggestive. 
But I, after Comic-Con, I, I want to amend that to say, I'm really excited. And I, I'm like excited to talk about these projects. I'm really happy that he made that announcement. I just wish he had done it a little bit sooner in films and post-credit scenes. What's one more post-credit scene in, in one of these films to say, hey guys, this is where we're going, or this is how these heroes are going to connect eventually. I'm excited to look back on phase four after we've gotten almost all the way through phase five into phase six to see what breadcrumbs actually are there that we yeah. that we don't know about. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit tonight because I do like that Taika Waititi was able to make a Taika Waititi film in Thor Love and Thunder. It was very Taika. There was a lot less universe driving that story forward and it got to be a pretty self-contained story yep. i think there's some real advantages to that but when you compare it to something like radnorok which did such a good job at fitting into where it fit into within the infinity saga i think that helped ragnarok feel like it had that many more stakes to it yep. um, i did think thor love and thunder was going to have a lot more stakes to it mild spoiler alert thor makes it out of that film alive um i think that's uh an okay spoiler that i can say um alex i did see you kind of 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 our group a little bit, Alex, I can see you sometimes feeling not necessarily all the way Mark was feeling, but sometimes it can be just a little bit too much for you. Where do you stand on the, the state of the MCU right now? Yeah, honestly, and I, I totally see where you're coming from, Mark. I'm the exact opposite. When uh, that final episode of Loki came out, uh, I knew where the direction of the MCU was going at that point and was completely satisfied. I knew it was going to be Kang. I knew it would be dealing with the multiverse. And then I'm going to have to go back on the shows too. Cause I think at that point was when I was like, yeah, so this is, this phase is the multiverse phase. And now we are talking about it as a multiverse saga that coupled with what we saw in Dr. Strange with the incursions again, obviously I'm a big comic book guy. So I knew that stuff in advance of, Oh, secret wars is coming. So again, the announcements weren't a surprise to me. They were like, a, Oh, cool. Awesome. And I was always of the belief that um, I like not knowing where we're going. I loved the idea of this just being the a fresh slate. Yeah. A couple of things. We got the Shang-Chi post teaser thing as well that we still need to dig into. There's some other movies too, that have some stuff as well, but for the most part, I like that there's a lot of standalone stuff because eventually you can't you can't tie everything together. It's gonna we're gonna get to a spot where which we've kind of seen of Feige being like, oh, get ready, Loki is you know crazy and Doctor Strange, and nothing happened about it in that movie. So they're getting to a spot where they may put themselves in a corner. So I, I appreciate where things have been going, and I've been I've been enjoying it. So yeah, that's I guess how I would describe it. It's a little bit easier to look back on phases one, two, and three and see what those breadcrumbs were. But if you want to look at it like. Obviously, we had Thanos, which tied the Guardians in with everything. Ant-Man was was a standalone film for the most part. Um, there's a lot of standalone films within there. Thor, The Dark World, that introduced the ether, the reality stone, far before we knew we were headed. I mean, we, we did have the introduction of Thanos, so we kind of knew we were headed toward the Infinity Gauntlet anyway. But there was a bunch of different things. Mike, where do you stand on the current state of the MCU in Phase 4 with only two projects left? Uh, I, think the, I think the State of the Union is strong um and healthy um but there's some things that if i'm honest kind of concern me a little bit about where marvel is right now so on the one hand i'm i'm not bothered by the reboot as mark put it in phase four um and i think this was a bit of that, that conversation that you put a pin in for us uh i i i don't mind it at all i think we we need to establish new characters I think if we look back to your point, Brian, about, you know, where they started putting things together, there were no real solid threads other than teasing out which was going to be the next superhero. 
but we didn't really start getting true interwoven threads until we started getting into phase two and started introducing all of those things that came through. And even Ant-Man as a standalone, PimTech technology was essential to how it all came together in the end. Right. And Ant-Man went from being a, you know, literally kind of a joke, both in the MCU and in, in the real world watching the MCU, to being a beloved and integral character who they couldn't have saved the universe without the smallest superhero in the galaxy. So I'm, I'm not bothered by any of that. Um, I'm excited about the properties that are going to be coming. The issue that I'm having right now is not so much superhero fatigue. I mean, because I know that, that you know, folks say, oh, we're just being overwhelmed by Marvel content. Like, you put it out there, I'm going to watch it. I'm excited about it. The, the issue that I'm having right now is that I feel like too many of the films that we're getting in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are too similar. I, I, I feel like everything is just becoming very formulaic, like beyond, like there's a standard comic book formula and when people break it and do it well, it becomes great. But I, I just, I even felt it, you know, at the tail end of phase three, like Captain Marvel didn't do it for me, even though I really like the character and I love what she does elsewhere. And I just feel that lots of these origin stories are not getting anything deeper with some exceptions. Ms. Marvel felt like a revelation to me. I felt like it did so, so many good things on so many levels. But, you know, I, I just feel like nobody's really nailing the origin story movie with anything truly unique in the way that Black Panther did, um, in the way that Iron Man did. I, I think Shang-Chi's maybe close, but even Shang-Chi to me still feels like it's got some issues. Uh, so what I'd like is I, I'd like for Marvel to surprise us and get some of the filmmakers that are going to be bringing different styles to do some different things at the storytelling. So it just doesn't feel like show up, set up, get some quips, have some fight scenes, and then we get some emotional stakes back because I feel like that's, that's kind of missing. And they built up to it so well in the middle stages of phase two through all of phase three. And so those, that emotion and that level of, of originality I feel like has been a little bit lacking from phase four and I'm hoping that we start getting it back with some of these newer properties. I think phase four does have some fair criticisms that even phase one got because eventually a lot of the origin stories are the same. I think that that's a fair, that's a fair criticism, but I would also say Miss Marvel and Shang-Chi were told in very different formats, obviously because of Disney plus versus film. There's a lot of different stuff that they could do. Josh says in the comments, weren't a lot of phase four shot all at the same time. Not necessarily all at the same time, but it's they're condensing things a lot. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But they all, and Kevin Feige said it this weekend, that Phase 4 really was weathering the storm that was the snap and everything that happened with the blip and everything that happened with Thanos. Phase 5, Phase 6 is going to move, move us more into the future, which is going to help a lot more. But we have spent a lot of time just with the traumatic events that, were, that was the blip and Endgame and, and all that kind of stuff. We are going to move away from that relatively soon. Anthony, how about you? Where do you stand here? Um, kind of just to echo what everybody else has said. I mean, I'm if people are going to start coming at Mark, then I'm going to have to stand right beside him and, and defend him as well because there's a lot of things that, you know, it would have been nice to have known, you know, Secret Wars and Kang was coming other than Loki because not everybody watched Loki. I mean, some people are just watching the movies still. Even um, though it is the most watched Disney Plus show, I think it's even more than The Mandalorian, I believe. I mean, and that's fine. But yeah, oh, but, to your point, but, you're right. But not everybody watched. And at the same time, you know, 
phase one was the introduction of all, you know, the main six that we got. And then all the post-credit scenes were tying into the next movie, the next big thing. All the post-credit scenes that we've gotten in all of phase four, I don't know what any of it means. I mean, you had Eternals with um, Dane Whitman and the Black Knight, but like, and Blade was in it, but like, okay, where's that going? So I guess we'll see him and Blade. Um, you know, just everything that we've seen, it's like, okay, well, where is it going? And I mean, now I guess we know Kang, Secret Wars, that's where. But everything in Phase 4 seems like it's its own standalone project and isn't really connected that much to everything else, so... Yeah, I All mean, right. Shang-Chi's kind of the only one that's met other people, and that was the very, very end. I was just right. going to say, my so my my personal favorites of all of Phase 4 are Shang-Chi and Loki. And I truly believe that the reason that I enjoy those, I love the way that the post-credit scenes then connect those origin stories, and they connect them over to what I think is the, the grander narrative. And those two films, or those two properties feel i guess the most like what we've been seeing in phases one through three that they feel the most interconnected and you know like alex brought this up and and it's going to be interesting to see and go back and see where all these breadcrumbs and these easter eggs lead us once we start to get some of these later properties but as of right now you can see kang you can see secret wars with something and then eternals is the perfect example it's like okay this is where we're going and then we get this property it's like well I'll be damned. I have no idea what's going on now because then you get these left field properties or these tangents. And I know that they're going to, I know they're going to bring them all in, but we guys, we've talked about this on this show and off air and even on panel, we've always feared. And this is back when we would talk with piano, Rob and Marky Mark. We always feared how far in the woods do you get before you start to lose the casual fan? And I don't want to be the wet blanket here, but I just want to throw out a, a red flag or be the word of caution. There does come a point where you rely upon people's prior knowledge of the comic books and you start to alienate the casual fan. The multiverse is a very difficult thing. You know, and Alex brought up incursions and different timelines. You run the risk of alienating the casual fan who only goes to the theater, albeit you know, temporarily to see this and does not live in the MCU like we all do. But if, ahead, Mike. But, but by the same token, how many casual fans 15 years ago knew what an Avenger was? Let alone knew who Loki was. Nobody what? knew what any of that stuff was. The, this, the, the, all yeah. of those setups were the same thing and they took the same gamble and it paid off because it was so original and because James Gunn's execution is so good. Guardians, of the, the Guardians of the Galaxy are... That's the that's the exception. Are, that's not they the are, they are such a niche book, yeah. and yet it is it is by far one of the best properties that they've had come out of this, and all those characters have become integral and are now part of contemporary popular culture to the point that Groot's getting an entire series of shorts on Disney Plus. But Mike, you so, don't think that they're the exception and not the rule? I, I don't think you know unless you do it and the results come out good. But that that's so I, I mean, I don't I, have, I don't I don't think that what they're doing. Started? Yeah, I don't think anything that they're doing in terms of how they're seeding the movies is now is any different from how they seeded things in phase one or phase two. But I, I don't think the, I don't think that the cat yeah. except for a hammer in the desert, you know, and somebody being like, oh, that's Thor's hammer. 
I don't think any of those credit scenes that tied stuff together in, in, in the earlier movies did anything that the average fan is going to know. I think we're going to be able to look back very easily and look at, you know, cre- credit scene in, uh, in, in Black Widow and the way that they're pulling everything through. We're going to end up having Thunderbolts soon. So you're going to be able to look back the same way and go, I don't know how that fit in. I didn't know what that was. And then suddenly you're going to be like, oh, here's the Thunderbolts. And here's that character from, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And here are these characters from uh, from Hawkeye and from from Black Widow. It, it's a massive tapestry. And I, I, I think to your point, they're they're not going to they're not going to get everybody, you know, as the casual fan. And they're just going to have to rely on. Again, going back to my point a minute ago, they got to make good movies. If it's good, people will watch it. I mean, the the post credit scene of of uh, Black Widow. I mean, that led straight into Hawkeye. I mean, that gave Yelena a reason to be there with, you know, hunting. Um, yeah, Clint. Uh-huh. Clint. Yeah, yeah. Clint. yeah. Well, um, it, was, it was supposed to be the first time we met Julie Louis Dreyfus. Like that was supposed to be the first right. time we met her. Then we ended right. up meeting her in Falcon Winter Soldier first. And, and to the point of, you know, there's so much content now. So, like, phase one, if you wanted to get into phase one, even phase two, you've got, what, seven movies you got to watch? Now you've got to watch 30 yeah, movies. 13. You've got to watch eight TV shows. So I feel like a lot of, like, casual fans that may have jumped in, let's say, you know, they knew who Captain America was, and they kind of, you know, they understood the Thor reference, and then they're like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, this is wild. There's a talking tree. There's a raccoon. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. So then they watch it and they see it and then they fall in love with these characters and then the Infinity Saga ends. And I feel like you have fans that were are Infinity Saga fans and then they'll casually see some of the movies later on, but they're done. They're like, you know what? That was, you know, the 23 films, whatever it was. They're like, okay, that was my MCU. That's done. And now they probably think, okay, now Marvel's just beating a dead horse. But and one of my biggest complaints of uh, Alex's favorite movie, Doctor Strange uh, 2, Trainwreck, in my opinion, is I don't understand why and how Marvel Studios has been so good at introducing characters and leaving those Easter eggs of Tony using um, Cap's prototype shield to, to hold up what he was welding in his basement and Mjolnir being in the desert and Stanley trying to get it out. And even in Thor, they said, uh, oh, the hockey's up in his nest. So you're like, oh, it's Hawkeye. So they've laid all of these breadcrumbs, even uh, name dropping Doctor Strange before we had Doctor Strange. All of these things that they've done. And then Doctor Strange just throws America Chavez right into it. Had never heard of her before any of these movies started. And then all of a sudden she can just hop multiverses. And this is going to be the the multiverse saga. So obviously she's going to play an important part going forward. But why didn't we get a name drop of her or breadcrumbs or post credit scene of America Chavez is coming instead of just the first second of the movie? Oh, by the way, here she is. I would have loved a, any sort of reference rather than leaving it in limbo. I, I think I would have been able to stomach Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness a little bit easier. Had I had something of Wanda chasing after America Chavez in that post credit scene of WandaVision. Like somehow, some way, I would have loved that to have been told to me. So to your point, oh. Adam Warlock was dropped in 2017 in the third of five post-credit scenes of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now we're getting him in Volume 3. There's a bunch of stuff that, that has been built up. But because as you expand the universe, and I'll take this kind of where where we're at, Mike, you talked about 
it's not necessarily superhero fatigue because the boys and Invincible and I think Shazam is going to do really well. I'm very excited for Shazam 2. I love Shazam 1. I don't love the DC, but I love Shazam. So, um, like, I, I don't think it, I don't know if it's superhero fatigue, but Disney Plus has added a whole new element to all of this stuff. My biggest complaint with Disney Plus is the launches for these films are so intricately positioned. Why can't we just get a little bit more scientific about how we're releasing the Disney Plus shows around these films so these films can be events again? Because Miss Marvel was five episodes in and then Thor came out and then we went to see Thor and then we had to go back to the finale for Miss Marvel. I want those. I want them to feel like events again. And Disney plus has at least removed that from us. Go ahead, Mike. Well, what's weird about it too, that you bring up is that ABC actually used to be really good about that. So when, when they were running agents of shield, I wanted to turn in and watch agents of shield because for example, Ultron happened in the middle of an agents of shield season. Captain mm -hmm. America happened in the middle of an happened right. in the middle of an Agents of Shield season where one episode everything's fine, Agents of Shield, and the next they find out that half of the people they've been working with are 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 all Hydra. When Lady Sif popped up the very next week, um, yeah, or the Dark World, and then so like you, said, you, make an, you make an amazing point, Brian. I mean the 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 orchestration of that is probably the that's a great point. I think that's probably the single biggest miss that they've got going on right now is that they're not orchestrating them that way because it should be that you could watch them without watching them together but boy wouldn't it be cooler if it was like oh my god i've got to watch this right i've got to go to the movies this weekend because there's going to be an episode on next wednesday or vice versa you know what abc did not do well was inhumans go ahead mark <laughs> more more importantly these tv shows I, I didn't like Doctor Strange for the sole reason of I feel like it undid everything that we had seen in, in WandaVision. And in the matter of seconds in screen time, we have to just accept it's like, well, the Darkhold got her and everything that we watched and all the endearing content that we just got from WandaVision, gone. Until you destroy the Darkhold and then she doubles down. But yeah. I digress. Yeah, but these TV shows, I agree with you. They need to be a little bit more surgical. And if if not, you're... Uh, you're just going to get this herky jerky breakneck feeling as a viewer of, you know, I, I you know, are these events or I, I agree with everything that Mike said. And, and that's an aspect that I hadn't even thought about yet. They, they need to do a better job with the placement of them. And, and also the narrative has to do more than just feed, you know, feed us a costume and give us a little character that we're going to use later on. Well, Alex, Alex, go ahead. Sorry, no, I, it's funny. We were both going to throw it to Alex. I, Alex, I think I'm the only other person here who liked uh, Doctor Strange. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious. I, you know, I hear the, the, the turn or lack of turn on uh, Scarlet Witch. I mean, is, is that, is that true to character for you, for you? I mean, because I, I, I kind of felt like it didn't necessarily throw WandaVision out the window because when you take a step back, you realize like she tortured an entire town. So is it a, is it that big of a leap to go further? So I, I stand yeah. with you in the storm. Yeah, no, I and I think uh, I the minute I saw her turn in the movie, and we'll try to keep this short. I, I lost my mind just because I was like, oh, this makes so much sense to me. Not just from a comic book perspective of you know she is typically vilified as the villain, but she's been written very poorly in the comics as well. 
but I thought everything in WandaVision worked out really well to where she, you know, that show was about her processing her grief with Vision, this person that she had to, she had to kill. And then minutes later, Saw got killed again. Basically, she killed him for absolutely no reason. And and she's kind of coming to terms with that. But more now that she has him back, she now has to come to terms with losing him again for another time. Not only that, but she just created kids as well. And again, I can't speak because I can't have kids, but like I can imagine as a mom, if that was the same situation, that if my husband died again uh, and I'd gone through all that, you know, you said torture to town and then you throw the dark hold in as well. I think people just didn't process that. I didn't even process that at the time because I was like, "Ooh, the dark hold. Nice. But I forgot how like corrupting that book is. But then you put it to the like, okay, we don't even see vision in there, but it's like she's done with that. She's past that. She just wants her kids back at this point. And it all made sense to me in that sense, because I was like, okay, I thought that was a great fruit line. We we got her grief for vision there. And now we get her grief for her children. And I I think that's an important thing that maybe uh, isn't as distinctive in the films is like people can grieve over so many different things. And once you're done processing one grief, the the next one's going to pop up and you maybe find one day and not find the next day. But then you also have like Satan himself promising and whispering in your ear. Hey, I found a multiverse where your kids are alive and all it's going to cost you is one life which is America Chavez's love, which again, that's all she wanted was one life, which isn't crazy. But at the same time, it's like, it's definitely not good. And then from there <laughs> you go, it's also just a comic book movie. So she's not actually a super villain. Okay. She, you know, killed people. I still think Loki maybe killed more than she had, but again, so yes, it worked. It worked very well for me. I was very happy in the grand scale of the multiverse. Her sacrifice might mean nothing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, We'll get back. We, we've got time to, to talk about that. And I don't think that things are going to get uh, to Anthony's point earlier. I just wish they had told me that it was coming. And I think I would have been I, I think when you get so many cooks in the kitchen, other people have other ideas. And it really feels like there's a couple of different people making decisions without clearing it with the room first. Like that's that's kind of my only complaint. But we we can hash that out a completely different time. But I, I do have one question before we go, go on. Okay, so when was the last time we saw Wanda before WandaVision? Uh, Endgame. 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 Okay, so she's gone through. She lost Vision in Infinity War, mm-hmm. and then she you know goes through, takes care of of Thanos. I tried really hard, Alex. I promise. Um, what, I mean, how does this turn of her character look for someone who didn't watch WandaVision? Cause the last time you saw her, you know, she was still an Avenger. Yeah. But they, I mean, they held your hand enough to explain to you like, Hey, she now has kids and this is what she's, she's dealing with. I think they explained WandaVision enough that you could at least see what she was capable of when she almost destroyed Thanos. Okay, because it was fun. I, I went over to my mom's house to pick up my kids one day, and my mom had said, oh, yeah, we just watched Doctor Strange. She goes, I loved it. I go, I hated it. And then I, I told her every reason why I hated it and, like, all the tie-ins from the previous stuff because she didn't watch What If. She didn't watch WandaVision, all this stuff. And then she goes, well, when you put it that way, it's the worst movie I've ever seen. But isn't that an interesting point, though, that you're saying you want more interconnectedness and everything to tie in, but now that that's happening, you hate the movie? But if you hadn't done that from your mom's perspective, you would like the movie because – you didn't know about all the extra stuff. I'm not talking to you right now, Alex. Hey, right. Christopher Nolan, get out of here with your inception stuff. If you're going to be logical about it, geez. All right. Short answer, shortest possible answer you can give me. Mark, are yeah. you currently suffering from Marvel fatigue? And do you experience, do you expect that to potentially happen to you? No. <laughs> Mike, 
<laughs> no, but that sounded like an incredible pharmaceutical commercial. <laughs> Are you experiencing symptoms of Marvel fatigue? <laughs> Do you believe that you'd be better with less? <laughs> Anthony. Uh, no, but I wish some of the TV shows would be released all at once instead of the weekly format. Fair. Alex. Yeah, I completely agree with Anthony on that. Not fatigued. I might need some Nexus pills, but uh, yeah, just give it all at once instead of oh, I'm in the middle of a WandaVision rewatch and I just got to Agatha all along. Man, it's so good. All right. Uh, before we get into talking about the multiverse saga, Alex is going to give us a breakdown from what happened in the animation panel for Marvel Studios. Nothing, nothing too, too crazy other than the fact that the leader of the X-Men is Magneto. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is I, to celebrate on Friday, I put a, I pulled up some of the X-Men animated series. I used to have them on DVDs and I had watched probably the first two seasons. And so I just started back over. So I've not watched the full show, uh, but I did look and read that that's what happens in the last episode of X-Men is that Xavier gets taken away to Shi'ar space and is trying to get healed from some injury or something. And Magneto takes over. So it is technically connected in that sense which i found interesting um but yeah we got uh some great announcements i think some things we were already expecting not a lot of surprises in, in the announcements themselves the content though was very surprising so we got uh what if season two and three confirmed uh season two for i believe early next year my bet would be probably in the same wandavision bracket since we've got secret invasion coming in spring um, they showed a bunch of different characters that are there. You can check it out. I mean, just really cool screenshots and, and concept art. Uh, some interesting uh, uh, shows like episodes were shown as well. I think there was a what if uh, Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper was the episode they showed everyone. Uh, very interested to see. They also confirmed the Marvel Zombies show. Uh, said that it's going to be rated TVMA due to gore and violence, which is awesome. Uh, no confirmed date of release, though, on that one. X-Men 97 was, f uh, I believe, fall of... Uh, or I guess, they, yeah, they just said fall of 23-ish. And then same thing for the Spider-Man series, which uh, called Freshman Year, which they announced, uh, I believe, was that a Disney Plus day last year? Uh, they also confirmed a second season called Sophomore Year. Uh, that's going to be coming fall of 24. Uh, so that's a ways away. Uh, but very exciting. They confirmed it's, I believe, in canon. Norman Osborn's in it. Uh, Dr. Octopus is in it. But also Charlie Cox's Daredevil is in it. Uh, Nico Minoru is going to be in it. Lon I think they said Lonnie Thompson. Uh, and also, uh, man, they just they listed off so many names, so many characters. Uh, the animation as well looks awesome. So uh, a lot of cool. And then the final one, which obviously <laughs> saving the worst for last. Uh, there's an I Am Groot short, original short thing coming August 10th. So the week before uh, She-Hulk did see a little teaser trailer. I'll admit I liked it. Uh, it was a very cool concept. And so I definitely will be watching these. But again, super short shorts. There's going to be five of them. And I think they confirmed another five around their way. Yeah, I don't expect those to be like earth shattering. But I think my daughters are going to absolutely love them they're going to release some like you said the first five if they're uh, as trippy as that you know teaser was i'm sure they're all going to be really good because yeah. i think I, I read that they said they were coming to it from the perspective of like what were you imagining when you were a kid when you were like five whatever age baby Groot is like what were you pretending you were doing outside and so they said like let's base some episodes off of those things we imagined when we were kids so that sounded cool X-Men 97 may give us some indications as to how the X-Men are joining the MCU, but we don't know that for sure. Um, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, get used to that term because we're going to say that a lot tonight. 
Um, is being part of freshman year is very interesting because obviously Peter doesn't know that Matt Murdoch, his lawyer, is Daredevil. So how they're going to be able to do that is going to be interesting. Technically, Spider-Man freshman year is MCU canon, does take place prior to Tony Stark ever meeting Peter Parker. Um, in the MCU, it takes place before Civil War. Um, so the animation front, it's not going to be anything earth shattering, but it's fun to be canon, fun to play in that world. Um, let's get into what is now the newly officially named multiverse saga. Um, we have two projects left. It is going to end phase four um, this year. We're going to discuss things in the order of their release. Some things we'll have a lot to say on. Some things we'll have very little to say on. But we will go with our very first thing coming out next, which is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We got a trailer. Drops August 17th. Nine episodes, I believe, is the last thing that I had seen on She-Hulk. Mark, where do you stand on She-Hulk Attorney at Law and everything you saw in the trailer? It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, it looks funny. I like you can see that she's going to apparently break the fourth wall with this. Uh, I like the fact Which that she's great from the comic books, correct? Yeah. Alex? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, I like the fact that she's flipping off her cousin. <laughs> so, <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. I, uh, I will be completely honest. I was so uninterested in She-Hulk. The trailer completely and totally sold me. I'm, I'm in. The CGI is getting better every time, the more time they've had to work on it. Like the CGI is not going to be perfect at every point in time. Like I fully understand that. Sometimes it is quantity over quality at certain points. Hulk looks great every time we saw Hulk, though. Uh, Mike, where do you stand on, on She-Hulk? Uh, I'm more in on it than I was before. I'm also happy to hear from Alex that the the direct address to camera is an actual comic book thing. I thought they were just trying to do like Marvel meets Fleabag. And I, I was like, not so sure. Um, I like that they're tying in this world of the wider superhero. And I think it's it's interesting that Blonsky's there. I think it's interesting that, you know, they tease, to, to, to your point, Brian, they, they, they tease Daredevil at the end. So, you know, Charlie Cox Daredevil is potentially there. So I'm I'm definitely much more hooked than I was. I, I see this as a total win. Speaking of Charlie Cox's Daredevil, uh, Kia Donna in the comments says, who is the actress playing her? The actress is Tatiana Maslany, um, best known for her role in The Black Swan. Is it Black Swan? Orphan Black. Orphan, Orphan Black. Black. Thank you. Black Swan was the Natalie Portman film of the... Uh, anyway, I apologize. <laughs> I see Alex. You got Portman on the brain. I can't blame yeah. you. Um, but, so Tatiana Maslany, she did say at Comic-Con, her and Matt Murdock, Jennifer Walters and Matt Murdock are besties. They're best friends. Um, so that's fun. I mean, she's a lawyer. She works in the superhuman division at JKL or JK GKLNH Law in Los Angeles. Um, she looks like from everything we've seen, like Bruce is very like she reverts back to Jen when she's sleeping. She seems to be able to be able to come and go as she pleases because her friend tells her to do that Hulk thing. Um so it's gonna be really it's gonna be really interesting. Like I said, the CGI is not always going to be perfect but it already looks significantly better than it did with its first trailer. Anthony, where do you stand on the She-Hulk attorney at law series? Um, first off, um, I would, uh, second off, uh, <laughs> there's, um, a, uh, ton of cameos in it from my understanding. I mean, we've already seen Wong, we've already seen daredevil. Uh, so I'm excited to see, um, rumor has it. There's a, a female rapper in it as well. Um, but, no, it uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's similar that's to Mark. Weird, that's a weird report, man. Like, I don't. That'd be that'd be crazy if like 
the report is Megan the Stallion is in the show, and I don't know if I like that'd be. I don't know where that would fit at all. Anywhere, gonna, any episode at it's, any point. It's going to be like Cardi B just coming out of nowhere in Fast Nine for oh, no yeah. reason whatsoever. I didn't um, you don't need to. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, and to Mark's point, you know, there's been a lot of shows that have come out that I'm like, you know what, I don't. It's it's it, whatever. I'll watch it, but I'm not excited. And then you see the trailer, and you're like, all right, I'm on board. Um, my question to Alex, who might know, so this takes place in LA, correct? As far as we know, so yeah. is Daredevil in LA, or is she meeting? It's Daredevil uh, certainly in possible. In the comics, he had to restart at one point and went over to LA. So, uh, and that was and a really great run. Didn't Kate he had to restart Bishop? when he was no longer in? Yep, Hell's Kate Bishop went to LA. Moon Knight was in LA for a little bit. There's a team called the West Coast Avengers in LA that hmm. he could be setting up. You never know. Hmm. I wonder, but we did see Daredevil in his. Uh, more, uh, not I can't even say more comic accurate, but the like maroon and yellow, which looks. Really I didn't cool. catch the yellow, but everyone was saying yellow. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to like look at stills, and then they kind of like up the brightness and everything. But very cool. Yeah, it's his cowl is yellow. Um, so, some stuff on his wrist and his suit is yellow. So, and, and give me more Daredevil. Give me all the Daredevil. Which unfortunately, I never finished season three on Netflix because I thought, why should I waste the time? Because at that point, it wasn't going anywhere. But you might find out why that. when you move from Netflix to Disney Plus, why you move from Hell's Kitchen to L.A. You just never know. Alex, where do you stand on She-Hulk? Uh, I'm I'm very excited for it. This was one of my least anticipated of the shows and series coming out. Um, and after that first trailer, I was kind of in the same boat. Uh, but the CGI and and just the, the humor and everything in it has me very interested now. I really like the idea that Hulk never had a mentor and he had to figure all of this out on his own. And now Jen basically gets to be the best version of Hulk now because he went through all of that. So like that scene where she's spinning around and lands on her hand was so cool. Uh, and to Mark's point too, you're looking for cameos. Like it sounds like this show is going to have so many cool cameos, probably things we haven't even seen yet. So I'm excited for that. I love lost stuff procedurals like that too. So I hope we actually get some courtroom things. That would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, it does look like at least in the courtroom when she has her first interaction with Titania, played by Jamila Al Jamil That's from right, yeah. The Good Place. Titania really does just seem like Tahani from The Good Place put into a superhero world. Um, Alex, we're going to stick with you. Um, they had a really uh, cool presentation on uh, in Hall H talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It was kind of the elephant in the room of, hey, this movie comes out in just a couple of months. We know nothing about it. We technically don't even know who the villain is. Nothing like that. It's been confirmed Namor is in this film. Alex, what did you make of the trailer and just everything that, that came out of, of that panel? Incredible. The trailer felt like... I mean, it felt like a Marvel movie, but at the same time, it felt like a Terrence Malick movie, too. There was a lot of Eternals-type shots of ocean. <laughs> Give me any character sitting on the beach or standing on a beach side. It's just <laughs> so good. Uh, everything about it revealed absolutely nothing about the movie. And I went and watched Black Panther last night uh, just because I was like, you know what? I, I was so pumped on it. And there's some interesting things in there. So if you remember, like Shuri made the, the panther suit and that gold suit that you see at the very end is one of them so like i someone was like oh that's killmonger confirmed and i was like it could be anybody getting in that suit um which excites me too uh they tried to give the herb to mbaku 
I would make, it makes sense if he would get it. They also told Nakia to take the herb and she said no. So they definitely planted seeds for it. Uh, the one thing that I'm glad they didn't show, I, I've been really big on the, I didn't like that they weren't going to recast T'Challa just because the character itself is so powerful. And I mean, again, long conversation there, but it's like, okay, well, you know, Heath Ledger died playing Joker and you pretty quickly uh, got a new Joker to play him. I think kids would be missing out if we didn't have T'Challa. But I, I, if they set this and do it right, they could easily have this set during the blip or at some point there. I know there were some interviews or maybe the actors said not, but the way Ramonda said uh, she lost her entire family, I think almost all of her family got blipped away because T'Challa did. I feel like maybe Shuri did. I'd have to check an endgame, but it, the possibilities just feel endless and it makes me really excited. And it also makes me just happy that they've put the care into it and that Ryan Coogler has. I mean, I'm getting emotional just talking about it, but like the music, the the cinematography, everything about it, just see, like regardless of what they choose. And again, I can't tell them what to do if they pick a new T'Challa, whatever. They're going to do it right. I know they're going to do it right. Just based off of that trailer, like I know that it's going to be in good hands. The lack of information, lack of trailer, honestly was making me more and more nervous for this show, for this movie. Um, they dropped the poster this weekend as well. I'm sorry, I apologize for not it being it not being super high resolution, but that is an official poster from Marvel Studios. Um, I mean, like I'm no longer nervous of how they're going to pull it off. Yeah. Do I agree with what story they're going to tell? I mean, only time will tell with that. And also my opinion doesn't matter whatsoever. Right. So um, <laughs> like, but I'm no longer nervous for what the film's going to be. You can clearly tell how, with how much care they worked on this film, they really were waiting for a Comic-Con to make all of this public. It, it doesn't seem like they were trying to hide anything. Um, one of the most prominent parts of the trailer I thought was really cool. Not prominent, but there was some real big call outs of the character of Riri Williams kind of being that Shuri for Shuri. Um, when she walks into when she walks into that lab, we see her working and pounding that that heart out of iron because iron heart. Um, so we're going to get that introduction to our new Iron Man replacement, for lack of a better term, in this film as well. There, there's a lot that they've got to do. Eventually, Namor is going to come on to the right side of, of everything at some point. I hope it's not too quick. Um, it does seem like it is going to be an emotional gut punch from go. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty intense. Mark, where do you stand on what we saw for Black Panther Wakanda forever? I, I'm not exaggerating. I probably watched the trailer 12 or 13 times since it's been dropped. It's so emotional. Seeing the footage coming out of Comic-Con 2 with the, the cast embracing and them all hugging, how do you not get emotionally invested in this film? Uh, knowing what it means to so many young boys and girls out there. I, I, I love Black Panther. I, was, I shared your worry in that we hadn't seen anything. And, and my mind goes to these places going, why haven't we seen any footage? This is coming out in November. Why, why is there no trailer? But let's face it. We also did the same thing with Spider-Man. Remember we were like, where's the trailer? Same thing with Thor too. Same thing with Thor. It was where, where's the trailer on this? And um, I'm a fan uh, of this model now. Like I'll, I'll chill out. I'm okay. If you hit me with the trailer like that, I will wait until a week. You could do it a week before you release the movie, and I'm I'm gonna go and check this out. Um, it just looks it looks beautiful. Uh, the use of Bob Marley there and and that song, 
I know it's not Bob Marley. Don't don't at me in the comments. But the use and then of it switches right to Kendrick right at the end. Yeah, uh, it it just it hits right. This trailer hits right. It um they they set the tone of what the film is going to be, which is cl very clearly moving forward, but also paying homage to Chadwick and acknowledging that you know the, that the king is no longer there. Man, I just I I get teary eyed. I'm probably like nine of the 13 times that I watch the trailer, I get teary. I just, just watching this thing. I'm so there, uh, put the popcorn in my hands. I'm, I'm ready. November, November 11th, 2022, this November, um, it will be the number one film for Thanksgiving. Again, I would assume even two weeks after release. Um, Alex, you, you talked about, um, it could it potentially take place during the blip? I, I I suppose it's possible. About the only tease to the future that they gave us in Endgame was Okoye talking about something happening in the bottom of the oceans and and stuff like that. We handle it by not handling it, all that kind of stuff. When Okoye is talking to, but that's really that's really it. I would expect this to take place post Endgame. That would be a big surprise if they if they didn't. Uh, Mike, where do you stand on Wakanda Forever? I had I kind of didn't have a feeling on it at all before this because there really wasn't anything to go on. Um, I'm I'm all in after after the trailer. I mean I think it's I, I think Alex put it really well. They've taken great care. I think they have to. Uh, I think that Black Panther. You know, not only do they need to be respectful and and pay homage to, to Chadwick Boseman, which is he's a generational talent and a very unique uh, character and icon now. Um, but Black Panther, I think more than almost any other Marvel movie means something um, to such, such a, a wide swath of, of people. Um, and of, and of, of yeah. you know, it, it's just, you can't make a movie like Black Panther, which is so important to so many people and so important in terms of film history, um, in terms of establishing uh, a true African-American superhero on that scale, um, setting the box office that it set, being nominated for Best Picture, winning Academy Awards, not just for, for special effects, but for, for other things. Like, it's, it's a legit piece of film, not just a superhero movie. So I, I think... I think it's a great point that, you know, both Mark and Oxy both made about the craft there. Um, I just wonder, you know, I'm curious what you guys think, you know, how does this fit in terms of something being called the multiverse saga, right? Like it just doesn't, it feels like it's such an important film and it's its own thing, but it doesn't really have a fit. And so it begs the question, you know, are we getting T'Challa for, are we getting a variant T'Challa, right? Like if we can't, if we, if we can't put, if we're not going to put Shuri in the in the in the costume, and we're not going to pick somebody else from here, or do we get a variant Killmonger? Do we get a do we get do we get a variant of T'Challa who's played by somebody else? I, somebody mentioned over the weekend, all you know, a number of actors who'd be incredible for this. Like, I love Yahya Abdul Mateen, who um, who uh, was in Watchmen, and he was in The Matrix, and Aquaman. he's. He's an, he's another underwater bad guy in Aquaman. So cool if he becomes a good guy against Aqua, against uh, underwater bad guys here. You know, if they can replace Rhodey, you'd think that big, you know Black Panther would be you know important enough that they would bring somebody else into the role respectfully. 
this was the discussion I was having. I hope it honestly doesn't fit it. I hope it doesn't put multiverse in the multiverse saga. I hope that this film stays within its stays within its lane, keeping keeping it within. I think it. I, again, I can't tell them what what story to tell. I'm kind of 25 percent in Baku, 25 percent Shuri, 20 percent Nakia, five percent somehow Killmonger, and then 10 or 25 percent just who knows what can happen. Personally, I hope they don't go multiverse route. I also hope that Michael B. Jordan does not come back as much as I love Michael B. Jordan. I want that story of Killmonger to to last forever. If I were betting, Mbaku or Shuri makes makes the most sense. Um, but Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige have both said that part of the well, they didn't say this, but part of the reason why it said Wakanda Forever and Black Panther so small at the top is this is a Wakanda Forever film. This entire mm-hmm. film is telling the emergence of who our next plant, who our next Black Panther is going to be. We're not going to find out in the first twenty minutes who Black Panther is, and then it's their film. We are fi- we are dealing with the passing of King T'Challa throughout this film, and then Wakanda finding its way and finding its new Black Panther throughout however long that this film is going to be. I do believe that shot at the end to be a shot of whoever our Black Panther is, but we obviously have no clue who it is by design. And I'm excited to find out who that's going to be to carry on the mantle. I hope just for the sake of of only because this is this is real world, man. We don't have a multiverse where we can pull in a variant of Chadwick Boseman as much as we wish we did. I would like to see how Wakanda would deal with with replacing T'Challa with the people that they have. And I think they have a lot of very capable people within that franchise. Lupita Nyong'o. Um, and Winston Duke, m- multiple people within that that could carry on, could carry on that that mantle. Um, I hope it doesn't put multiverse in the multiverse saga. That's personally where I'm where I'm coming from. Anthony, how about you? Where do you where do you stand on on this trailer and this film? Uh, I'm excited about it. I think, uh, like you said, I don't want it to be anything multiverse related. If anything, I would like it to see somehow tie in with Eternals. The fact that you know you're dealing with Namor, the Submariner, and all of a sudden. There's a giant celestial just screwing up the ocean. I mean, there's got. I mean, <laughs> nobody's even mentioned the fact that a celestial is trying to bust out of the the Earth, and they're just like ignoring it. So, I mean, I feel like that can mess up some ecosystems in the ocean. Um, one thing are always looking for an Eternals com or tie in. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're gonna tie anything in, I feel like that would be a good thing to tie in. Yeah, is anybody um, going to address a giant being that just? Right, like like no one seems to care. They're just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Um, I did hear an interview, and I don't know if it was the actor that plays Namor, um, just because if it was, he looks completely different than he did in in the the trailer. But a lot of the the water stuff that we're going to see is going to be practical effects, which is really cool. They were saying that they spent months and months and months uh, training to basically just dive and then do everything that they're going to have to do underwater. And they said that he, on his first take, he went down and he lasted like 30 seconds. Then he had to come back up and then go back down. And he said, by the end of it, he was, you know, three minutes at a time. And the woman that he was with uh, said at one point she got down to like six minutes where she could just hang out underwater for six minutes. I can hang out underwater for about eight seconds. And then I'm like this. And for me, um, yeah, no, thank you. But uh, oh, I'm calling it right now, though. This movie is going to be a better water movie than Avatar. I was I waiting for somebody to take. say it. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say I thought about that in the trailer. I was like, oh, yep. 
great. A lot of Phenomenal. similarities, and I was like, yeah. this is going to do it better. I, I was like, okay, I guess James Cameron James Cameron's going to get some royalties off of the use of this, <laughs> um, the avatars in this. Uh, I do think that the new Black Panther, I think it's going to be a female. Um, I don't think it's going to be Winston Duke because otherwise he lost a lot of body mass. And that as soon as that suit come on, because that was a real thin wrist, and I don't think it's him. Um, I think I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. I'm going to say it's AO. I don't know why. I just feel like it is. I feel like if Okoye is going to have a Wakanda series, let her take over that. I feel like, you know, AO has, you know, had her relationship with Sam and Bucky from Falcon and Winter Soldier. So that's my tinfoil hat. She was the best part of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mark, did you have something there? No, I was just going to say, just because of that comment, James Cameron has now committed to releasing Pandora again. He's going to do another theatrical <laughs> release. Right after this film, he's going he's gonna to re-release it in theaters. Too. In November 18th. Yeah. yeah. And also, as far as trailers go, I want to see the trailer for the movie before I see the movie. Like, I want it to be one of the, the 12 trailers I see sitting in my seat. You want to see the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer before you watch yes. Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Yes. Yes. The, the next movie, uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. I don't even want to see a trailer. I want to see the trailer before I'm sitting down, right before Nicole Kidman shows up and says, oh, the hey. very first time. Yeah, Nicole Kidman <laughs> always shows up. <laughs> so I need the Ant-Man trailer, Nicole Kidman, and then I need to see Ant-Man in that order. Okay. Uh, we are going to move quicker now that we have less to, to go by, but we are going to discuss everything else that they talked about. Phase four ends November 11th with Black Panther Wakanda forever. Phase five, February 17th, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Alex, we got our very first look at Jonathan Majors as Kang in a poster. Jonathan Majors came out on stage. Uh, is it Catherine Newton? Um, that plays Cassie now. She was also on stage. Evangeline Lilly has a brand new haircut. Scott Lang. Paul Rudd looking the same and handsome as ever. But Alex Kang is going to make his official MCU debut in Quantumania. We also heard Modoc is going to be in this film as well. Um, where do you stand on Quantumania? I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm very pumped. Um, this movie, it's this is like the Ant-Man movie that's been building for. We've had to have Ant-Man follow Avengers movies, and now it's getting its own kind of special spot. Um, Kang looks fine in the one photo of him blue in the background. I don't think there's enough there for me to comment more, but I liked the design. I thought it looked cool. I loved Catherine Newton's costume too, that purple. It's going to look real good right next to Kate Bishop and her purple costume, uh, but it, it was good. I liked it. I'll be interested to see what they go for in terms of her name though, because she's she's gone by a couple of different names. Um, yeah, Modoc, exciting. I don't know who she they're going to get to play that. She did one time use the hashtag stature and then had to delete it. But I would put my money oh. on stature personally. Well, yeah, I'm I know, I know what her name. Her is. other one's Stinger, and so I don't know if they'll do that because of the why. I don't. Honestly, it's, I don't care. Either way, it'll be nice. And I love Catherine Newton, so it's I'm, I'm glad to see her. And then I, Bill Murray's in it, uh, which in it. I have no idea what he's going to be doing in it. But that's exciting. He's Modoc. Uh, that would be great if he was. He's Modoc. voicing Modoc. Yeah, no, based on what they showed us, I, I've I've been pretty excited about that one specifically because King's in it. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. But just a floating um, Bill Murray head. Yeah, I want so, Jim. Carrey, I want Jim Carrey for Modoc. But anyway, so one one thing that's funny, uh, Jonathan Majors was doing interviews after the Hall H presentation, and I guess it was before. Maybe it was they had talked about Quantum Mania, and then 
Um, well, no, I'm sorry, it was after. But uh, they asked him, and they were like, oh, you're going to be in the next Avengers. You're going to the, the Kang Dynasty. And he played it off like he didn't know what he was talking about. He goes, I don't. I don't know. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, like they announced it. He goes, and he, he turns to somebody and he goes, did and they? then, and yeah, he's like, they did <laughs> about me. And then he had to have someone show him on their phone. He's like, let me see it. He's holding their phone. And he goes, huh? Yeah, I'm in it. <laughs> wow. Like, like he was so reserved that he didn't want to, to spoil anything, you know, cause there was the, the leak even a couple days before. Of everything, I mean the the Captain America title was leaked. Both yeah. the Avengers were leaked, so he's probably just playing it safe. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not in it. And then he showed he showed him the picture. He goes, "All right, yeah, I'm in it." <laughs> I'm excited. Obviously, teasing who he who remains in Loki being a, a good version of Kang. Like Jonathan Majors is going to be able to stretch his legs by being all different kinds of like, if we thought Oscar Isaac had a bunch of different personalities, like we are going to see Jonathan majors do some things that we've never seen before. And I can't wait. I think the guy's an absolute brilliant, brilliant actor. Go ahead, Mark. Brian, have we gotten a casting confirmation? Will the granny Smith apple from Loki also be making an appearance in this film? (laughs) Hey (laughs) y'all. I can't wait for this movie. I'm so excited he's he's brilliant man like and now that kang like we've been we've been talking about it since loki is he the full big bad like did we need a big bad maybe marvel turns out we kind of wanted a big bad and kang's a good one kang's a good one to have mike where do you stand on on quantum mania i i love ant-man uh ant-man the the first ant-man is one of my absolute tippy top mcu movies love the second one too so you had me at Ant-Man alone, so the fact that this is going to tie into truly being, you know, as you guys said, like, Ant-Man's real first epic film, as opposed to just being, like, the side, you know, the the side heist films that then feed into the bigger one. Um, I think that's going to be super awesome. Uh, Bill Murray as MODOK is interesting. There's, uh, you know, there, Patton Oswalt is playing MODOK right now in a, uh, in a in a TV series that's running, so there's, we're, we're, we're getting an influx of the MODOK. It yeah, was canceled, wasn't it? Yeah, that show's over. Canceled yeah. after one. That's a bummer. I I love me some Patton Oswald. <laughs> I, I I do too. I I love Patton Oswald. Uh, what was described as a political thriller, Secret Invasion. I genuinely expected it to be a buddy comedy between uh, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, they only had Kobe Smolders there talking about it being a political thriller. Alex, I know you cannot wait to see Maria Hill again. Yeah. Oh man. So glad to see that. Um, and, and no, I, I think it, uh, I think it tracks well and I hate to keep saying to the comics, but, um, the secret invasion in the comics was a political thriller. So right, I'm glad to hear that they're kind of yeah. sticking with it. What did you just say? What did you just call me? <laughs> you heard me. Uh, but no, so yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I, I don't think I've, oh, what they said we saw a little bit of Olivia, uh, Coleman, Coleman. and, um, I knew it was one of the lanterns, but it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, what she's like an old friend of his or something like that. I don't buy it. She's a scrawl. I, I think she's a scrawl. We see uh, Amelia Clark too. Uh, they're setting us up for a lot of you know who can you trust? Who do you know? I think that's going to be very interesting in the MCU timeline of where that's taking place too. And I don't think we'll know more about that until it happens. Like how that's going to connect. But that's going to be a big one. You and uh, Nick Nick Fury doesn't have the eye patch either. I believe. Ooh, did yeah. Rocket get him another eye? I was going to say, 
I don't know. It's just it it was scarred and then it looked white. So I guess he just ditched oh, okay. the eye, eye patch. Did you guys know in the first Avengers that he couldn't remember his lines until he covered his eye? <laughs> like when like he he would try to you know they would do the the takes and then he couldn't remember his lines. So then he had to cover his eye and then he could remember because he read the script with the eye patch on. Like oh, Daniel, it's like Daniel Day Lewis not using his left foot for my left foot. Yeah. Or using only his left foot. Yeah, I'm, I'm just here that. for fun facts that I that I read and listen to in interviews. That's the only reason I'm here. Yeah, that's fair. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, Mark, anything on Secret Invasion? Uh, Colby Smolders, uh, I butched that. Uh, she said it's dark. She Which said it's very very dark. That was the only comment that came out of Hall H. So uh, I'm sold. <laughs> I man, I just I don't know, like. Just give me a Maria Hill that I want to actually be part of there, but I don't. I do not want the scrolls to be the new version of Hydra, having infiltrated everything. Like I, I want it to be a little bit more original than that. Yeah, I mean, you guys have sold me on it more than I was sold before. I, I found the, I found the scrolls to be pretty annoying in in Captain Marvel. Sorry if that's sacrilege. And the idea of watching an entire series, as much as I love Ben Mendelsohn. The idea of watching an entire series of him and his hapless alien friends like did not sound cool. So the <laughs> fact that like you're saying it's going to be dark and twisty and and yep. kind of political intrigue, now I'm ready. But before that, like keep them secret. The last thing described as a political thriller within the MCU was Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So I mean, again, Hydra had infiltrated Shield. I hope it's more than just. Department of Damage Control being infiltrated by by scrolls. You now. even saw like the the face swap thing in Winter Soldier. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, the tech. Uh, to Maya's comment, uh, as long as Nick Fury says seventeen thirty eight at some point in that show, then that will come full circle. I have no idea what that means. That's fine. She does. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Mike, we'll go to you on this. We met officially uh, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, uh, and. I do not know his name other than he was the main butterfly in Peacemaker. He is playing the high evolutionary. Uh, Chuck Woody. I, 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 Alex, do you know how to pronounce his name? Uh, I, Chuck Woody is his first name. I think his last name is Iwaji. Iwaji. Uh, I have yeah. to double check, though. He, uh, he came out as the high evolutionary, very much Shades of Loki at Comic-Con in 2013. Uh, or 2012, excuse me. That was, that was cool. Like that was, that was really cool. He was really in character. It was a lot of fun. Mike, what do you make of Guardians 3? Are you excited for that film? I am Groot. <laughs> Anybody else have anything on Guardians 3? Uh, I'm, I, I'm glad. That I feel like Guardians can be its own trilogy, and you can watch 1, 2, and 3. You don't have to watch anything else in the MCU, but it's still in it. Like What James Gunn can do with, with films and TV shows, I mean, he's, he's proved it with uh, Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. I mean, he's brilliant that he is is told, you know, just like all the directors in the MCU are told, okay, you can say whatever you want, but you have to start at point A and you have to get to point B. Anything between A and B, you can do whatever you want. And James Gunn has been able to do that. And somehow his trilogy of films, which as we know, this is the last Guardians, yep. um, the last iteration of this Guardians team that we will see. Um, apparently it's like a love letter to Rocket. Like, I guess there you see him as a baby at one point in the trailer. Uh, I heard Groot is absolutely jacked in this. So he's no longer baby or teenage Groot. Uh, I think this movie is going to be a lot of fun. Um, 
very emotional. I've heard Gamora has amnesia, so she doesn't really know exactly what's going on. Like, I guess at one point in the trailer, she calls him Quinn. And he's like, it's it's Quill. And then there's like a another, you know, the, the typical Marvel just joke right after the, the heavy hearted moment. But it's getting a lot of praise from from what was shown in Hall H. So I'm excited to see yep. when Marvel finally decides to release that. Mark, it looked like you had something before Anthony went. I was just going to say uh, all signs point to an emotional goodbye. The cast got very emotional when they were discussing it. Uh, and um, it looks like we may we may lose a guardian or two in the film. And, and James Gunn said this is it for this iteration of the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did say that doesn't mean everyone's going to die. It just means right. that yeah. their story is going to be over. And he's done more than like. Yeah. Yeah, because he's DC's he's, gonna let him do anything he wants for the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean he's pretty much hopefully at some point will become the Kevin Feige of DC. So Peacemaker is so good. Um noticeably absent, no need to worry. Noticeably absent was uh the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and an announcement on the uh never confirmed ha- Halloween special. <laughs> it's just expect, gonna drop on Halloween. We expect both of those to be discussed at D23 in September. Um, that's where they're going to focus a lot more on Disney Plus. Uh, you heard it here first on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos that Mark Hamill is playing Santa Claus in the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> holiday special. I am still very much on that. Echo, speaking of Matt Murdock and Charlie Cox's Daredevil, Echo, summer 2023, uh, Maya Lopez, who was introduced in uh, Hawkeye, will be back with Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. And Charlie Cox as Daredevil Summer 2023 filming right now. Anybody have anything on Echo? No. Nope. You're supposed to repeat after me. It would have been fun. <laughs> uh, Loki season two. We saw a uh, statue of Kang in the TVA. We are then going to be dealing with Kang in the TVA after Quantum Mania has come out. I expect that they will be able to build upon what happens in Quantum Mania and the variant of Kang everybody's excited for loki season two i would assume oh yeah yeah i'm groot i am groot (laughs) the marvels july 28th 2023 our third film release of 2023 the marvels starring kamala khan carol danvers and monica rambo i am all in on this film after everything that was miss marvel and watching those three interact again i'm in the middle of a rewatch of wandavision that i will finish tonight more than likely i can't wait for how those three talk about it. We had Neebs on from the uh, Salam Nerds podcast last week that really said he would love to see Kamala's next appearance be a Monica and Kamala versus Carol Civil War type of storyline. Alex, I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think that that would be something that we could potentially see and would you be interested in it? Um, I, I did like the comment. I haven't thought too much on if I'd be interested in it since we already had a really good Civil War storyline. I think Marvel... That to me is during, you know, in the comics when they keep rebooting the same event series every year, which they're still doing to this day, like Civil War 2, which was Iron Man versus Captain Marvel. And yeah, Miss Marvel's whole story against Carol and that was really cool. But I would say it has to absolutely make sense because there's no reason for them to be at odds right now, um, at least in the story. But if they, you know, if it makes sense later, I'm, I'm all in for it. What's interesting to me is i guess they're not too close i think across the spider verse is june of 23 so we've got enough time to see spider verse 2 and then do the marvels at the end of july what is interesting to me is blade 
which begins filming this October, was announced for November 3rd of 2023. We know Marvel likes November. Is anybody else with me thinking it's going to get moved up a couple of weeks to come out before Halloween? Yeah, it should. I hope it does. It should, yeah. Mike, are you excited for Blade? Oh, I'm super excited for Blade. I I love the first two Blade movies of the Wesley Snipes trilogy. The third one, yeah, it's okay. I mean, trip third to one was a great. The third one was amazing. What are you talking about? I love the third I, one. I don't know. I for for what it's worth, I dig Blade. I dig that they're they're embracing vampires here. I I think Mahershala Ali. I cannot wait to see him play Blade. Like he's. He's just on another level. I think he's going to bring such a gravitas to the role. Um, and it looks like they're, you know, I hope it gets dark. I mean, they're embracing dark with the whole, you know, making zombies, you know, pretty dark for, for Disney+. Plus. I'm hoping, like, maybe it won't be a rated R blade the way that we had with Wesley Snipes back in the day. But let's, 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 get, in the, let's get a little gory. I was willing, I'm willing to go out there. I think this will be Marvel Studios' first rated R release. So do I. Really? Yeah. They I did so. just put Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and Logan on Disney+. Plus. They're now starting to test those waters of the, the TVMA and, and all that kind of stuff just a little bit more than they did with the Netflix series. I think that this will be Marvel Studios' first rated R property. Mm-hmm. I'll say, too, though, there's a lot you can get away with when you're killing a vampire that doesn't bleed if you want it to be such. And when you behead them, they just turn to dust. That's a lot more friendly to the MPAA than actually cutting somebody's head off so they could get away with a lot with it still being a pg-13 rating i mean dr strange 2 literally cut someone in half right blew someone's brains out of their ear yeah so i mean that was pg-13 but that i feel like was also borderline so and i know i can't remember i think we brought it up the last time is and maybe alex maybe it was the two of us uh how violent dr strange was and then how non-violent thor was right yeah, I mean, Gore the God Butcher, and we didn't really see him butcher anybody. So curious if... Had to hit that star w- runtime, baby. <laughs> so curious if they went back and, and, and cut a few you know violent scenes out. Except I think, I, I will say this too, since we're on it, is I think the pandemic era thing is very close to being over, and I think a lot of these movies and shows have suffered from it in one form or another, whether it's a reduced runtime because we mm-hmm. didn't have enough time to film other things or, you know, we missed some stuff. So I, I think that's an anomaly because I would, I will lose my mind if black Panther is less than two hours. And I only say that because you can't tell there's a, there, you can tell a comedy in less than two hours or a really tight action movie like Dr. Strange, but something like black Panther or these Avengers, like you can't do that in under two hours. I'll be shocked if black Panther comes in under two two fifteen. Like I I'm expecting two thirty. Yeah, well, it is right because I mean, Eternals and Shang Chi were both super long too. So it's like, yeah. there's just there's a lot from Phase Four that is. I'll be glad when Phase Four is over. Is what I'll say. I've loved it, but like, there's a lot of production issues that from the I production think, aspect, not from the content aspect. I think, and and I can't remember who it was in the comments said wasn't Phase Four all filmed at the same time. It just feels like it because right. every behind the scenes thing you see, yeah, they're wearing a mask, yep. and this pandemic has felt like it's gone on for the last twenty years, which I mean, it's gone on for the last you know two and a half years. But I think that's why it feels like it's all been filmed at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's fair. Um, Alex, they HBO and Warner have announced a Jon Snow series that's going to continue the character of Jon Snow. So Kit Harrington is potentially 
a little bit busier than expected. Um, it looks like this is brand new news to Mark. What? <laughs> they are going to continue the biggest makeup th- apology letter in Hollywood that they are going to continue with a spinoff series featuring Jon Snow after the events of Game of Thrones. That is something that has been announced, which means Kit Harrington is a little bit more busy. So, Alex, if you were betting, are we going to get a Black Knight Disney Plus series? Is he going to appear in Blade, or do you think we're just kind of done with that character? No, he's he. He there's no reason Blade didn't talk to him at the end of the movie if he's not going to be in Blade. I think I think that's his logical next step. TV series does not make sense at this point with all the other series. That Am I making this up? Like it seems like I just broke this news to like everybody. I had no, no idea, but I also I, didn't know anything. Mike, can you do I, a little research? Heard. Thank you. Uh, it is a TV series straight to HBO Max, is to my understanding. Um, again, I expect it to be the biggest makeup in Hollywood to make up for what was the last season of Game of Thrones. Or the last couple of episodes, at least. But I think It Kevin, is in development, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Thank you. I'm Network not- has entered into early development on its first sequel to its blockbuster fantasy drama, a live-action spinoff series centered on the fan-favorite character Jon Snow, the Hollywood reporter has, returned, uh, has learned. Kit Harrington is attached to reprise the role should it move forward. And that's it. So I heard there's also an animated show. I know they've got they've got the I House of Dragon coming soon, too. Mm-hmm. There's so there's so many things ha- things happening around there. Uh Okay. Anyway, so I I do hope the character of Black Knight, to Alex's point, is not obviously one and done, and that's not going to happen. But I I did think we were headed toward a Black Knight series on Disney Plus. Now it just maybe he be characters in films rather than do getting his own series. Um, Ironheart. We're gonna meet her in November. Um, the character of Riri Williams, fall of 2023 on Disney Plus. Really just reconfirming that that exists and confirming its new logo. Uh, next. <laughs> Agatha, the Coven of Chaos, winter 23, early, so December 23, January 24. It is no longer Agatha House of Harkness. It is Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Better title. Better title. I think we're all excited to see Agatha Harkness again. We do not expect this to necessarily be taking place in Westview, New Jersey. Um, I I expect it to be a prequel to WandaVision for the most part, uh, but I really don't know that for sure. Alex, go ahead. Uh, my guess is this is where we see Scarlet Witch next. And it's, you know, her dealing with her chaos magic now that she's realized that she took on too much power going back to Agatha, just like Ag- Agatha predicted and said, you know, you don't understand that thing, like fulfilling most of the prophecies that Agatha had in uh, WandaVision to where then they, you know, she trains because now the Darkhold's gone. Right. So, I mean, there's other corrupting things out there, but the Darkhold's gone. So at this point, Agatha and is kind of a, a neutral character, as is Wanda. So I think it's going to be all about her processing what she did in Doctor Strange at the same time as learning how to harness her new power, learning how to come into her power. Again, you have to remember, too, Scarlet Witch has nobody in her life. Everyone she loves is dead, Every, has always been dead. She's always been by herself. The Avengers don't call her and say, hey, how are you doing? She has had to go through all of this by herself. So she needs to have somebody on her side. And I think Agatha is going to be that person. Well, she was going to be on her. Yeah, she was going to be on a Wheaties box, but she turned down the offer. She did. Yeah, <laughs> you've you've swayed me. I just I just assumed a lot of it to take place in Salem, Massachusetts, and kind of the. Oh, well, I guarantee you, there'll be flashbacks. There'll be show. some of it. Hey, but... that second to last episode, Brian, you're going to get all the Salem. That you need. <laughs> hey, man, fine, fine by me. Yeah, the second to last episode, of course, our our trip through history lane. That's that's, that's right. true. Um, 
uh, you've swayed me though. That makes that makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I didn't really ever think about the Darkholds hold on Agatha as much as I did on Wanda. So that's that's interesting. I like that a Am lot. I the only one that liked House of Harkness a little bit better than. Are you I a Game of Thrones fan? Is that why? Cool. I liked it. Say what? I said, said are you a Game of Thrones fan? Is that why? Because it's uh, like House of the Dragon or whatever. I mean, yeah. My, <laughs> but no, uh, but no. <laughs> Maya desperately wants to know when the next time we will see White Vision is. Anybody have any She'll see White Vision later tonight. He could be. They could be in Quantum Mania. I'm feeling like like wherever there's any sort of sciency machines in the movie, he could be there. Anthony Quantum. talked earlier in the episode about potentially dropping episodes all at once. Um, Daredevil: Born Again, 18 episodes, spring of 2024. If they ever drop a show all 18 episodes at once, or at least in bulk, I think this is it. I don't imagine them trying to get 18 full weeks of content out of a Daredevil series. Does anybody disagree? How well, how long are the episodes? Have they indicated how long they're going to be? I mean, seven that's, minutes. <laughs> I mean, 18 episodes. I mean, come back at Quibi. There is nothing that <laughs> there. There are very few one-hour shows that approach that level anymore. I mean, that's like it used to be a full twenty-four episode season. Daredevil, from like Daredevil, did that right? No, not they that were, many. Daredevil, Daredevil 13, only got up to about twelve, maybe thirteen. Okay. Because it used to it used to be that the one-hour shows would probably do ten to twelve. You know, when they when they were getting there, they wouldn't cover a full old-school season's length. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll take. 24 48 62 hike i'll take as many daredevil episodes as you'll give me if it's if it's d'onofrio and charlie cox do you, do you think a, oh go ahead anthony do you think it would all drop at the same time because that's how it was dropped on netflix i think it's gonna be a bit of both i think i think they're gonna honor that by dropping it in bulk at multiple in multiple weeks so maybe they do like five weeks of three episodes or uh, what six weeks of three episodes uh sort of actually that would work right six weeks is six episodes so they'll probably drop three episodes at a time and that's honoring i mean that's the whole reason they're calling it born again too right it's like they're they are really honoring that yes this was a netflix show we know you guys love this show also you know and thinking of it that way that's a lot of episodes that's probably to fit in all of the uh other netflix characters like luke cage jessica jones like see where other people like that that is probably going to build out a lot of different you know street level netflix stuff into the mcu and how uh, jessica jessica is going to be back right i mean we've I think it's confirmed that that Jessica is going to be in uh, She-Hulk. I don't know if it's confirmed. Highly speculated. I do not yeah. believe confirmed is the right word, but highly, highly speculated. Um, Mike, if, if, as a Daredevil fan, probably the biggest Daredevil fan in this group, do you want a full reboot, a soft reboot, or a full continuation? Like to not necessarily acknowledge the past, but not ignore it. But or do you want them to like a full continuation of the show? In an ideal world, for me, I'd love a continuation. I I was so into that series and the adjacent Punisher um, that I would I would love nothing more than for that to pick up where it left off. Um, if we can't get that, I, I just and I say this with all reverence for the tone of the MCU. I don't want this to feel like the rest of the MCU. The 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 tone that was set through Daredevil and Punisher on Netflix 
is so gritty. It doesn't shy from being uncomfortable. It is purposefully asking the question about what is good and what is bad, what is moral. I mean, that's that's his that's Matt Murdock's entire thing is him. You know, he goes and he gives confession because he's wrestling with the morality of his choice to go punish the wicked in Hell's Kitchen. I really want this to stay dark. And so ideally, I'd love to stay in the universe it's been in before. But if it's a variant, like, please don't don't change the tone so drastically that it still doesn't feel like what it had, because I feel like what it had was so special. I really don't expect variant. Personally, I do expect it to be the same characters, kind of what they did with Hawkeye of they didn't really acknowledge the existence of of the Daredevil series. But Vincent D'Onofrio was still the same character. Um, I do think we're we're going to go TVMA here. I think it's going to be uh, pretty dark, pretty, pretty intense. I don't know if it'll be to the level what what Netflix was, but I, I do expect it to be a little bit darker. Technically, they're supposed to, sorry. They, they, I mean, technically, they're supposed to be connected. Like you can see in the you know, when, when they go into it's it's not the Daily Bugle, whatever the other the other newspaper is in, in the, the, the universe, like. There are headlines in the wall about the Hulk destroying Harlem. Like this is supposed to be mm-hmm. part of that universe. So sorry, Anthony. No, 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 you're good. I mean, all they'd have to do is, you know, if he is in LA, all they have to do is he gives a, you know, five minute monologue at the beginning of this is what had gone on. This is why I'm now in LA. This is why he has what uh, his version of the night monkey suit of Spider-Man uh, when he's over <laughs> overseas. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, they could just, like you said, continue on with it. And then at the beginning be like, Hey, this is what happened. There were car doors involved and then just to move on with it. We have, we have whatever happens in She-Hulk with him, but we definitely have whatever happens in Echo with him and Kingpin to really set up where we go with Born Mm -hmm. Again as well. Um, so there's a lot of Charlie Cox coming to disney plus and we could see in echo what sends him to la we could yeah that would make a ton of sense may 3rd 2024 mark we haven't heard from you in a bit sam wilson is back as captain america in new world order which is interesting because that was also the title of episode one of the falcon and the winter soldier um but anyway mark captain america for new world order you're in i'd assume i'm very excited about this um i'm gonna be I've earmarked this project because I'm going to be following a lot of news. Uh, love Anthony Mackie. Uh, I, I really liked that series. There was only one episode of that series that didn't do it for me in, in terms of the style. Um, I love uh, Sam Wilson as, as cap. So, you know, color me excited for the, you know, this is, this is the, the project that I'm the most excited about. Uh, Maya said he's in L.A. now. Maya, I think you tuned in just a little bit late for us. We talked about that with uh, She-Hulk, that he's potentially in L.A., either visiting Disneyland or um, (laughs) fully relocated. Um, He's he's going to Avengers Campus. So if Bucky Barnes does not show up on May 3rd of 2024, he will close out Phase 5 of the MCU on July 26th of 2024 when Thunderbolts comes out. Thunderbolts has now been officially announced. We've been talking about Thunderbolts since the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the introduce the introduction of John Walker, we would ex- assume our Thunderbolts team at this moment in time to be Elena Belova, potentially um, led by Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Uh, we do expect John Walker, Zemo. Is there somebody else that's a Hulk? Potentially, uh, could it be um, 
abomination abomination like who's on the thunderbolts team alex is there any dark horses on the thunderbolts team you expect us to get I they, they mentioned in there, and I loved hearing him say that there's going to be a, some fan favorites, but then there's going to be some people that we haven't seen before, which I'm very excited about because, again, any new character is going to be exciting. Songbird is a big Thunderbolt mm-hmm. character I've heard some mentions on, which would be cool. The other thing as well, um, it, spoilers for the comics, but uh, in Secret Invasion, Norman Osborn has the killing blow of the Skrull Queen and thus is given the Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. status. And he creates his own team of Avengers that are the Thunderbolts. Um, it's a you know another iteration of the Thunderbolts, but what's interesting is they're all the villains dressed as their characters. So they're called like... Uh, he, he's Iron Patriot, and he's you know, <laughs> in red, white, and blue, all that stuff. And then I think Venom is he, Venom's there, and he's Spider-Man. And uh, all of that, which you could, you know, Secret Invasion could set that up. And that's why I think it's very interesting that this is the the capper of Phase 5, is this could be a very huge movie in the sense that the villains have the keys to the kingdom and it's up to the heroes to kind of stop them because the power has gone to their head or or maybe it's something else. But yeah, there's been a lot of great Thunderbolt stories. So uh, very excited for that movie. Is it Ghost back? Yeah, Ghost too, please. Yeah, I think I think Ghost. Yeah, I think that that's very possible. She's also a, a strong player in What If season two. For those that that care, um, yeah. Alex, is it fair to sum up the Thunderbolts for those that are unaware of what they are as the MCU version of of the Suicide Squad or not? Oh no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. that's exactly what they are. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, uh, one, and- one thing. Uh, sorry, um, Alex, is there is the new order? or the new world order are they in the comics i was just looking that up right before you asked me so this was perfect um they are and i i just i don't read a lot of captain america comics or at least they're old stuff but it said that they are a uh it's a supervillain organization founded by the red skull that includes characters such as juggernaut and mentalo as members with the intent of achieving world domination and i think part of that again like you said comes from that first episode title which was the flag smashers kind of trying to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. it, it, uh, it could be a play. It could be something like that. It'd be interesting to see if, uh, I mean, I guess it would make sense because in the comics, there is a lot of uh, racial tension coming from red skull and specifically from his daughter. She's like, uh, her name is sin. And she and like there's a whole bit about, you know, how they're trying to get back to the way things were. You know, it was very similar to real life, but it's it it was when Sam Wilson was Captain America, too. So I bet you it's going to deal with that where there's just a a giant swath of people who are all villains that don't like the fact that he's Captain America and are now trying to, you know, rock the world sort of thing and bring things back to a new world order. I just thought the new world order was Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. I'm glad (laughs) I'm not the only one who was thinking that. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, because when when you are NWO, you are NWO for life. Um, <laughs> Alex, when you said Juggernaut, do you mean like X-Men Juggernaut? That's what it says, yeah. That'd be fun. I hope it's better. Do you mean, do you mean Dare, or, uh, Deadpool Juggernaut? Deadpool <laughs> Juggernaut, yeah, even... <laughs> And any way you cut it, if that if that's how they bring uh, that's how they bring Deadpool into the MCU... <laughs> Who are you? I'm the. That would be pretty funny. You'd make a great Thunderbolt. 
noticeably absent was Deadpool because Deadpool three feels like it's it's moving forward with Sean Levy. Go ahead. I have a small theory on that. There's also a release date that they did not mention either. Of you, you February sixteenth, twenty February February fourteenth. I think it's Valentine's or, Day. Right? February fourteenth uh, is the twenty twenty five. Yeah, and the, the first one came out around Valentine's Day. I believe it did. The first yeah, one it came, came out on Valentine's the, Day. The okay. question though is, I I read that they are starting filming next year in 2023 is that enough time for them to get a movie out in a year yes. well if blade if yeah if blade if blade is starting this october and coming out next november or october november like a year for blade a year for deadpool's enough yeah so yeah, i do feel like february for deadpool makes a ton of sense i, I, mean, I think deadpool 2 was also february. july looked it, it was may or july it was in the yeah. summer i know the yeah. first one was valentine's day because that's how ryan reynolds sold the film yeah. And because and his costume is so practical, I mean, you don't need much CGI. I mean, not like Spider Man, where you can have the that's true. You know the so I mean, it's just it's not as, as spectacle as uh, Black Panther or Spider Man. Unless or Iron they Man. want it to be to have him like kill the MCU or something. You know what I mean? Where it's like just cameos galore and big big giant explosions and stuff because he's Deadpool. I don't know. If <laughs> if that holds true, then I will say that the first soiree into rated R from the MCU will be in February of 24 instead of with Blade in November. Uh, I still think Blade will come out before Halloween. Um, Thunderbolts wraps up Phase 6. We are now seeing dates on fall of 24 for a potential Disney Plus series. There are other uh, theaters that theater dates that do not have things announced, but just three more projects and then we will get out of here. Thank you for everybody for sticking with us and recapping what was a massive weekend in the MCU. Fantastic Four are coming November 8th, 2024. Um, I think we will get a casting announcement at D23 in September. Uh, that would make a ton of sense, but the Fantastic Four are coming. Uh, I think we're all very excited for that. They are going to kick off Phase 6. Uh, yes. <laughs> eight, eight, there was potential eight Disney Plus series on the Phase 6 thing that have nothing attached to them. The biggest surprise to me is that they announced two Avengers films. That's not the surprise. What the surprise to me is that they are only separated by six months, that we're going to have two Avengers films, one on May 2nd, 2025, the Kang Dynasty, and then November 7th, 2025, for Secret Wars. Kevin Feige has already said that the Russo brothers are not attached to the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. I am very much reading into everything that Kevin Feige says. He said they are not attached to the King Dynasty and Secret Wars. He did not say they are not attached to Secret Wars. He did not say, or I think it's possible that the Russo brothers still could get Secret Wars, but nothing's done. I think it's also possible. I don't have to have the Russo brothers back, but I would like to see the Russo brothers take on Secret Wars. They've been talking about it for years. I would love to see it. A mm -hmm. uh, friend of the program, Kevin, says he believes that the King Dynasty is going to be more of a Young Avengers champions taking on Kang and stuff like that, and then Secret Wars is going to be kind of Everybody else, the old heads of Shang-Chi and and Sam Wilson and, and guys like that. I don't know how you pull off two Avengers films in six months. I'm very excited to see how it plays out. But, Mark, I'm going to go to you on this. We got the Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars. This is where we're going to see this big bad come to a head and what's going to happen. Yeah, it's a huge question, Mark. I mean, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of blank space in between those two films. But uh, we talked about this. I, I think that is Kevin Feige caving to public pressure to tip his hand and to say, relax, everybody. Like, I, even though I don't want to do this yet, here are the two movies. Like, chill out, calm down. You're not getting any details on them. 
but there now like relax and enjoy the rest of phase four and beyond. And uh, I'm okay with that. It's, it's insane to me. Like what Marvel pulled off with infinity war and Endgame, And those were a year apart. You're now going to cut that time in half. It's crazy. Um, I mean, I'm, there's, I'm, there's no way that it could be the same Avengers teams, same cast, same cast. Okay. I mean, there, there's no way they could be back to back like that within six months. Do you, expect I, I don't stories think to even, to even overlap then, or do you kind of expect two different storylines altogether? I personally think two different storylines. Interesting. And the I stuff being more multiverse and secret wars being more secret invasion. Yeah. And I know Ant-Man is very quantum realm heavy. And if, you know, the, the next Avengers, the King dynasty is, I could see Peyton Reed getting it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he's, you know, taking Kang the way, you know, Feige wants him to let him have it. I could see the Russo brothers coming back for secret wars, but yeah, I mean, it's gotta be such a, <laughs> such a task to get the same two Avengers teams to do two movies. I mean, literally they'd have to film them almost simultaneously, which they still had to do with infinity war and Endgame, And it still took a year in between. Right. Exactly. And Mark, to your point of Kevin Feige, just saying here, you guys want it. Here it is. Why hasn't he said anything about the X-Men? Then? I mean, yeah, we've uh, got the animated I, series, but everyone has D23. been saying. Yeah, I was just going to say, we, we have another big conference coming up. Uh, there's another big panel that, that they're going to When gonna is that run. in September? September 9th through the 12th, yeah. I believe. Okay. Um, they, there's, there's, there's potential for at least eight Disney Plus things. I think we're going to be Fantastic Four and X-Men heavy at D23. I think, the, yeah, that's, that's the ace in the hole for him. Okay. Yeah. I, I also I don't I don't think a six month break in between is that big of a deal. I, I it's the people who we need to be worried about are not the cast, it's whoever's doing post production. That is <laughs> where you're gonna face the No, no, literally literally that's yeah. where you're gonna face the crunch, right? Like right. if you if you put this stuff together and have them shoot for a year you know, even have them, you know, shooting for a year and a half off and on. And then it's all about post getting all that stuff together. I mean, they, they can, they can make five hours of content, six hours of content. I mean, the Lord of the Rings did it. Um, It's a matter of having enough, enough of an army sitting, you know, back, back behind, uh, back behind the editing, the editing bays and having enough people to, to just crank out, effect shots at scale um yeah did you watch the boys oh yeah okay brian will you send him that that link i sent you of yes. uh okay all right <laughs> it's a clip of homelander but it says the vfx crew when kevin feige dropped two avengers movies in the same year yeah i'll send it i'll, I'll send, send it, it to you <laughs> oh is that is that the, is that the movie theater gif no no, uh-uh. no. It's, okay it's there's another one then. okay uh, there, there, there have been a lot of Homelander gifts with all of the Marvel announcements over the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and credit to, I, I mean, this has always been in the plan. Uh, we've often given credit to Marvel where it's due many, many places because this is Earth's Mightiest Weirdos and MCU podcast. We love the MCU. Kevin Feige is brilliant. The Marvel parliament of his team over there, the visual development team with Ryan Minerding. And Andy Park and all those guys as well. You can put one team on visual development for Kang, the Kang Dynasty, and you can put a whole other visual development team on for Secret Wars. If they really are not necessarily two different storylines, but if they're if they're separated movies enough, you can have two completely different things. It's not like Marvel doesn't know how to balance filming 
multiple things at the same time. Um, so it will be interesting. You could literally have a character like Ant-Man go from, you could have Paul Rudd go from one set to the other and kind of be in both films to kind of give it that interconnected feel. But for the most part, they've got, they've branched out so much with the Marvel parliament and Kevin Feige sharing the load to an extent, um, with Victoria Alonso and, and all those guys that are on the Marvel, the Marvel parliament that they're in Trin Tran. She's, she's a genius. Um, there's a lot of things that they can do to be able to pull this off. To to your point, Mike, you got to have enough visual development guys and special and VFX guys in the can to be able to work on both of these to get it out to meet that expectation that comes with an Avengers level film. So that's gotten us through the end of phase six. They haven't said phase six ends the multiverse saga for the record. We do expect that potentially to be the case that they break down each saga be three phases, but that is not confirmed whatsoever. The multiverse saga could go on for much longer. The, the logo showed four, five, six. It did. Okay. Yeah, it did. So it is, it is just, which I, is I interesting think... too, because I was thinking about, oh, I can't wait till we get the next book about this saga uh, that, you know, the Marvel 10 years book. And I was like, but it hasn't been 10 years, but it will be 10 years with another set of three phases, which uh, could for 26, uh, seven and eight, yep. uh, which will be very interesting. So they've, they've got, there's a master plan on a board somewhere. Oh yeah. I think, I think they're going to be like Apple and they're going to go from phase four five and six to just phase X. And then it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. My, my money is on the next saga, actually. The saga. Phase X. It is a bummer. Fantastic four or not phase four, but. That is what it is, <laughs> except for Reed Richards, the smartest man in the world. Gentlemen, any last minute thoughts? I appreciate you waiting it out for me. There was a lot to cover, but I wanted to make sure that we had that discussion around the current state of the MCU and Marvel fatigue because we've been talking about it for a while. I hope Marvel fatigue's not a thing because I'm going to be asking each and every one of you back to discuss all these things that we talked about tonight. Mark, Mike, Anthony, Alex, thank you all for your time. I greatly appreciate it. anybody have anything, Mark, what's going on at this Diz life land. Uh, so a, a little different of a plug, uh, Diz life and Diz life podcast. We are a brand rep now, uh, for happiness is addictive. So if you are looking to get some cosplay or even some lighter cosplay items, Marvel star Wars stuff, go over to etsy.com. Happiness is addictive and use the code Diz life 15, get an extra 15% off gentlemen. It's all dry wicking stuff. But if you want to dress like your favorite superhero, the stuff is bonkers over there that you can get um, very like suggestive and just uh, superhero T-shirts, man. It's awesome. I'm already my favorite superhero. Right there you here. go. I love when you're suggestive, Mark. What's going on <laughs> over at Babu's freaking podcast, Mike? Oh, we're, we're gearing up for uh, a big end of summer, early fall in the Star Wars galaxy. So we're... Uh, we, we've got another episode dropping uh, later this week where we talk about the influence of tech in the Star Wars galaxy and in Hollywood as a whole. And then gearing up at the end of August for the 12 episode season of Andor and then followed quickly on top of that by uh, Bad Batch season two. So we've, we've got a lot going on in the galaxy far, far away. I have they announced Bad Batch dropping all in one because it would not shock me. Not that I've read yet, but. Boy, that would be super nice. With it, with it coming out with Andor, I I would kind of expect it. Anthony, anything have... to plug? Oh, go ahead, Mike. Nothing further, Dad, sir. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Agents of Field. Um, I'm going to be recording Wednesday night with Ryan, 
Um, we're going to be just going over the news over the past week, and we are going to do a new, I don't want to say segment, but it's going to be the first of many shows. Um, basically, I remember when, and we're basically just going to be having conversations of, uh, you know, stories that we've had at baseball games, hockey games, meeting athletes, doing signings, uh, just running into people out in the world. Um, just fun stories, just going to spark some conversations and and go from there. So I think Ryan, he was going to try to have like, so you would obviously be able to come on Brian and tell your stories of how your Colorado avalanche won the Stanley cup and how you got to go to a game against the St. Louis blues and then Stanley cup game. So you completely took it from me. I was going to say, I remember when I went to game four in St. Louis and Nazem Kadri had a hat trick. And then I remember when I went to game four, of the Stanley cup final and Nazem Kadri won a game in overtime and nobody knew. Yeah. Well, too many men in the ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah look for that uh thursday morning i'm guessing i don't know whenever you get it out alex comics and cinema yeah uh our good friend kevin and i tomorrow live uh at six mountain time so uh, what is that five pacific seven central and east eight eastern uh we're gonna be doing a deep dive on comic-con so um, kind of a similar discussion here, but we have I have a lot of theories that of uh, predictions for certain shows and uh, for some of those missing uh, movie and show spots that weren't revealed yet. What those guesses are for that, uh, and then a deeper dive on the animation as well. So tune in. Mark, we are glad Diz Live was not live tonight, which allowed us to go early at seven thirty. Uh, summer is coming to near near to an end. We can expect the return of Diz Live as well i would assume yeah does live will be back um yeah we're just taking a little time with families pool time hanging out enjoying the summer but we will be back with uh disney parks news and updates uh at the end of the summer so uh take a look at the end of august early september uh to tune in to get all your disney parks news uh on a weekly basis with mousepiration mike and my uh podcasting partner uh greg the disney fanatic Programming note here at Earth's Mighty Weirdos, we will be off next Monday. Then we will return as we get closer to She-Hulk. We will do a She-Hulk preview. Um, Alex doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be invited for that She-Hulk preview on August 15th. Sarah as well. Speaking of Sarah, just a small Nerd Life Network tease. One pod to rule them all. We want to talk about the Lord of the Rings and the Rings of Power, which debuts on Amazon Prime no, uh, September 2nd. No idea where this is going to fit into the Nerd Life Network schedule, but it's going to find a place. So at least Sarah and I and anybody else that wants to can talk about the Lord of the Rings and the Rings of Power. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Until next time, for the children. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time.